Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Need more energy throughout the day? Looking for a kick to your workout? RockinThatIDLife.com has you covered with delicious flavors you've grown to love in tropical fruit and mixed berry, but now fall in love with the new fruit punch and orange flavors. Try them all at RockinThatIDLife.com. Realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage LLC makes the moving process easier. Work with a realtor who plays and studies the game and will work as hard as the boys on the ice to get you the best deal. Check out Mike on the web at strikewithmike.com and jumpstart your move today. That's strikewithmike.com. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Hey, Blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former Blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Welcome to episode 17 of season 11. This is episode number 393 all time of the often imitated, never duplicated, fresh goes better radio freshness. Fresh goes better with Let's Go Blues Radio, fresh and full of life. Let's Go Blues Radio, the fresh maker. We're the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Special thanks to our sponsors, uh, Mentos. No, I'm kidding. Um, Rockin' that ID. (laughs) Rockin' that ID life.com, strikewithmike.com, and Center Ice Brewery and centericebrewery.com. For proudly sponsoring the show, please check them out. Also, don't forget to check out our t-shirt shop over at letsgoblues.com for some well-designed and fairly priced blues-themed t-shirts. It's Wednesday, January 18th. We're streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with the show on social media. Our handle on all social channels is LGB Radio. Just search for us and you'll find us. If you haven't already done so, please like, follow, subscribe, ring the bell, buy a t-shirt from our shop, yell from the rooftops, or do whatever you can do to help us out. I'm your host, who is having an excellent hair day, as you can tell, Jeff Ponder, and my co-host for the evening tonight are the man with light-up blue glasses, Kurt Price, and the sultry businessman, Bill Day. Uh, The agenda for tonight includes discussion about the Blues winning their 2000th franchise game, a possible quick return for a player currently on IR, a Flyers defenseman under fire for being a self-righteous bigot, uh, recent gameplay, Hall of Fame inductions, yada, yada, yada. All that and more on this widely anticipated episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Gentlemen, how y'all doing? I don't have my blue let-up glasses on. No. <laughs> but, but that is I my do, favorite I, accessory of yours. I, I It is one of mine. I, I told you the story about how a guy wanted to trade me a uh, uh, a Stanley Cup rally towel for my glasses at the post-game after Game 7 at the at Ballpark Village. 
when Boost wants. Yes. Yeah. I, I not not, not going to happen. Turn it down. Yeah, I, I mean, as, as awesome as that is, uh, yeah, give me a... Uh, Give me the, the blue light up glasses any day. <laughs> um, wow, Austin Lynch coming right off the bat saying, How about Blake Wheeler's testicles? Uh, I don't really want to talk about Blake Wheeler's testicles. <clears throat> <laughs> of course, that is a hockey player, is it not? I'm, I'm assuming you guys saw the story. No, Whoa. I didn't see that testicle story. No, no. he no. got he ruptured a testicle oh, in the yes, middle of the game. Yes, it did. And mm. continued playing. Wow. Yeah. That's you. That's if I rupture my testicle, I'm not getting up from where I'm sitting. I'm not no. moving. You're bringing the doctor to me. <laughs> no, that my, I think it was my senior year of high school that, and I went to CBC all boys school. Luckily we were right across the street from the hospital uh, at the time, but uh, there was like an endemic, like three people within a matter of a month, like, crushed their own testicles sitting down it, it was oh. insane oh no, i don't like that. that i don't like that, that at all is that i mean was that on cnn it feels like it should be uh, that's, not, that's national that's real news this is you know, this is prehistory when cable news was yeah i mean it was basically cnn there you know but yeah <laughs> so we got matt harris in the chat saying wait the boys were early uh, actually, uh, <laughs> this is not early. This is technically still late, but I guess yeah. it's early for us. Yeah, right. Usually we're starting about now or in a, in a couple minutes. Yeah. Right. So Matt is on time. Kind of. Yes. Matt is on time. We are early for us. Apologies if you see a cattail floating around in front of me there. I can't like even the, see where to... the animal or the, the thing that grows by ponds. Uh, hopefully the first one. You're familiar with the things that grow by ponds? Cat cat no. Cat really? Tail? No. You're not the, familiar. The tall things mm. with the little brown, fuzzy, hot dog-looking things on top? I mean, I'm sure if I saw it, I'd know what you're talking about. Okay. Mm. I, I'll look it up. I I'll look it up on little, break. A little less of you right now, I think. Yeah. A little bit. What? I, We're not I'm knowing thinking, what it, Okay. I'm, I'm thinking you need to get outside a little bit more. You did I grow did up in this outside. area, right? I, I guess I just don't know that. I, I said I'd probably know it if I see it. I've just never known the name of it i would suggest googling it but that might not be a good idea this day and age yeah pond that too cattail pond cattail cattail pond yeah uh well uh boys we get pl plenty of show here in the big shoe to talk about so let's go ahead and get right into our beers of the episode of episode 393 you can follow each of us on the untapped app uh, you can follow me at jponder94. Kurt is at cprice12. Bill is billyblueNote33. So we will start with Mr. Bill Day. What do you have there, sir? I, you know, it's still cold-ish. And so it is still stout season for me. So I'm going with yet another amazing and excessively ABV stout for a podcast. Um, Lacanitas Willitized uh, coffee stout aged in uh, rye oak barrels. It's from, uh, yeah, Lagunitas up in Chicago. Uh, really good. Um, the, the, rye, the rye barrel is a little extra kick really enjoying it lagunitas has an ipa that i actually like uh, i can't think of the name of it a little something yes yes i think that is yeah. it. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. one. Of, um, yeah. One of my favorite beers of all time. Well, one of my favorite beer names of all time came from them. And that was Wilco Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> nice. That's great. Uh, no, I, uh, I did some work for Webster University during the pandemic. And uh, so I went and hung out with a couple of their main employees a couple times and they all drank Lagunitas all the time. They would get pitchers and pitchers of Lagunitas. And I'm like, this is a good IPA. I could actually drink this. I don't say that a lot about IPAs. Uh, so my beer of the episode is the Love Gun uh, from Heavy Rift Brewing. Uh, vanilla Cream Ale. I think I've had this on the show before. Yep. Uh, very, very smooth. One of the most smooth beers I've ever had. Uh Almost, t- it's funny because it, how smooth it, is it, it? It almost tastes like a, uh, a cream soda. Mm-hmm. How smooth it is! What are you supposed to say? It's so smooth. It's so smooth that it almost tastes like a cream soda. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny because I don't like cream soda, so hmm. I don't know why I like this so much. But it's so good. It's very good. Yeah, I like cream soda. Never buy it. Never get it ever. But I like it. Yeah. It's one of those things uh, that Dr. Pepper cream soda, the 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 one that the partnership they did, uh, they they I don't remember who it was. But they had a cream soda Dr. Pepper, and that wasn't terrible, but Dr. Pepper is just better by itself. All right, my turn. Am I going last? Yeah, sir. Right. <clears throat> well, since I am still not above the weather, I am under the weather. Still, not bad. Cough, phlegm. Feel weird. Throat feels weird. I'm doing the. Pumps uh, on penis. I'm doing the hot tea. Um, no, no. <laughs> doing the uh, hot tea. Oh my, my flipping hand covering up the mug there. Uh, hot tea in a blues mug. So, uh, it's a it's, it's a herbal 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 tea, uh, like a wild berry herbal tea, something like that. Yeah, it's, okay. it's uh, for those of you wondering why we we switched and I'm hosting tonight is because. Kurt's uh, having coughing fits and just can't seem to kick this one, huh? It's yeah, crazy. I, and it, and I don't I don't think it's so much the cough. It's just I think if I did most of the talking or you know whatever, uh, it would have my my voice would be shot. So I'm gonna I'm happily handing it off to you tonight. Yes, and I'll happily take it. Um, one of these days we're gonna get Bill to do point. That's going to be, I, I alluded to it last year. Um, it, it's going to be the, um, the the Ted Lasso episode, um, um, Beard After Dark. That's when I, when I run point. It is, it's going to be trippy. I will love that, actually. That sounds amazing. I, I That episode's okay, but seeing you run point and thinking of it in that style, I'm all for it. It's basically a dance party the whole time. Yes, <laughs> which I don't dance, so it'll be entertaining to all. It'll be something. Uh, might be our best show, might be our worst show. Yeah, <laughs> and I, that that was widely panned. A lot of people hated that episode when it aired, but that's by far my favorite of the entire run. Oh wow, it I, it's up there for me. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but. Uh... Uh, Led Tasso is still one of my favorites, yeah. but um, but yeah, that that is a good episode. It's it's very underrated. Uh, so we will uh, talk more Ted Lasso, I'm sure, at some point. 
Uh, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about in the show. As I said, the Blues officially inducted its inaugural class into the new Blues Hall of Fame. We'll discuss that and more on the other side of this break from our friends at rockinthatidlife.com. This is Let's Go Blues Radio. Every beer league hockey night, I grab my hockey bag and sticks and throw them in the trunk of my car. And the very next thing I do, I mix up a boost of energy courtesy of RockinThatIDLife.com. It's formulated to break up its delivery in three ways, which helps me get through all three periods of hockey. Phase one provides a rapid onset of energy, concentration, alertness, and motivation. By period two, I'm receiving a dose of sustained energy, increased focus, metabolism, cognitive function, performance, and feelings of well-being, which I need with the way I play. In Phase 3, I'm getting fatigue protection without jitters and crash, an elevated mood and a reduction of fluid retention to help me make the big play when it counts. This same triphasic approach helps me when I drink it during work hours or simply just for a pick-me-up when I need it. Try one of the four energy flavors by visiting rockinthatidlife.com, but make sure to email Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. That's rockinthatidlife.com. So before we uh, get into it here, um, Bill, wearing a, a very nice hoodie tonight. <laughs> That. Look, Look at that. you with the, with the beer in the pot. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> that Using great? it I, as intended. <laughs> I I did that. I uh, The first night I wore it. And it's funny because, I, like I said, I got those, as I told you guys. Uh, it was like good three weeks before Christmas. And I was just, man, I want to wear this around. And I even wore it out one night. It's funny. I saw a listener of the show. I went and saw uh, Silent Night. and Not Silent Night. Violent Night. Uh, with uh, David Harbour playing Santa, and uh, which was a great movie, by the way. Um, but um, I saw a listener of the show. I believe his name was Joe out in Chesterfield, and he even commented, "He's like, hey, that's a nice hoodie." And I'm like, "Don't I know you don't? You're not a commenter of the show. You listen to the podcast." But I'm like, for whatever reason, if you ever talk to Kurt and Bill, don't say a word. I'm like this is their present. I should not be wearing it out right now, <laughs> but I I wanted to have a beer holder. Like this is an awesome thing. <laughs> very nice uh, Austin Lynch that's the perfect coaching hoodie it kind of is yeah yeah, yeah. it is especially Coach. for beer league right there you go there you go and Chris uh, Bray got... says I, Joe, Joe Bray excuse me Joe Bray's videos says I wish I could get a hoodie like that for Christmas uh, maybe you know I, I wanted to kind of get your guys' gauge on it first maybe we'll uh, offer it up to anybody any listeners who might be interested in buying Um, I have no idea what I spent on them so I'll have to look into that $400 yes Jeff, <laughs> Jeff clearly, clearly broke the rules of the um, LGB radio gift exchange went way way above and beyond i i gotta tell you it it was hard not telling you guys because i had this planned in october like i got the mock-up in october and i was like those are amazing and i wanted to tell you guys so bad but i'm like i can't i can't say anything it's got to be a surprise and it was worth the wait you guys seemed pretty impressed last week it was a it was a surprise i i I, and when bill said reverse retro i'm like oh it's a jersey but i'm like wait it's not reverse retro because the jersey's blue <laughs> yeah, right. And but it's different colors. So and then uh, oh no, it's a hoodie. Yeah. Yep, I love it. I've I've worn mine around multiple times. 
Uh, so, uh, will Vladimir Tarasenko be back soon? Uh, placed on the IR on January 2nd to be reevaluated in four weeks uh, with a hand injury uh, in the Minnesota game on uh, uh, December 31st. Um, and of course, reevaluate when you hear that, that usually means, okay, four weeks is the absolute minimum. Uh, probably longer than that because reevaluated. So that means at least another week or two uh, to get him back in game shape. Well, guess what? He's already skating. He's already pretty much looking like he might be ready to go. He's going to return, uh, is what we're hearing, in the seven-game homestand. Uh, right now, they just finished game four against uh, Ottawa in this stand, so three left. Uh, and uh, they believe he could even be available tomorrow against Nashville. So um, we all kind of laughed, even last week, I think, about him being selected to the All-Star team because we were like, he's not going to be ready. Well, if he comes back now... He very well could play in the All-Star game. Yeah, that was interesting because they the NHL said that he was going to be replaced. It, it was like a done deal. They oh he he will be replaced, which was I thought I thought that was strange too. They but, had to go off the original prognosis, is my guess. Maybe they didn't know. Well, and yeah, I guess so. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I, I him him coming back early. Um, you, you mentioned that he uh has to get back in game shape. I mean, it's, his, it's a hand injury, so he's he could his legs can be back in shape and you know well before you know his hands. So and, and you know what to be honest with it, with a hand injury, you can stick handle. I mean, you can't do you can't do contact drills until you're ready to go. But still, you can your legs should be okay. You can the still see like the wind with a hand injury. You can do everything except right. shoot the puck, pass the right. puck. You can do well, pretty much everything. I mean, before, I mean, yeah. I mean, and even then, even when his hand gets to the point where he can, you know, do some light shooting, stick handling, stuff like that. The the only thing I question about the uh, him potentially bringing him back is tomorrow night is divisional game, and we're starting to get towards the stretch. Things might get a little bit heated, and you know, Nashville could get a little slashy. I I don't know if you want to take that risk. Uh, for the first game back, but we'll see what they do. Yeah. Uh, so the Blues inducted its inaugural cra- uh, class into the Blues Hall of Fame. Uh, this was on last Friday, January 13th. The induction took place at the Missouri Athletic Club. Um, I'm a bad Blues fan. I did not watch this. It was streamed on Valley Sports app. Uh, did you guys happen to catch any of this? I was going to record it, and I forgot to record it because I wasn't home. So uh, it, it there there you can watch it on through the Blues website though, or right? Most of it, yeah. most of it. Um, I know that my brother watched and he was just sending me texts that basically it was a Keenan laugh fest. That it was just Keenan joke after Keenan joke, which does not surprise me one bit. That uh, so, yeah, I I didn't get to watch it, but uh, yeah, I, I mean it's a little bit surprising that they would they would go that far out of their way when they have Scotty Bowman in town. Um, the one thing I did catch was during uh, during the game, uh, the Lightning game, the great interview that uh, he gave Andy Strickland, um, and you know just it that for him to be as sharp as he is at this point was great, and him recalling. You know, great stories from his time here. I absolutely love that. I usually, you know, skip over, go do something else during, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, love that. You yeah. know, whenever you get Brett Hall talking about 
you know, the past here. Uh, he's going to bring up Keenan. Keenan's going to be discussed. Brett Hull's in the room. Yeah, he can't. He can't say enough bad things about Keenan. Oh, it's 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 well, apparently Pronger too. I mean, uh, yeah. the induction ceremony. Uh, I mean the um, the retirement, the jersey retirement. He made what three, four Keenan jokes in the time he spoke. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, for all the players in that era, yes, Hall definitely because he's very outspoken. But you get any of those guys talking, and they will gladly talk shit on Mike Keenan. Oh, um, Craig Janney uh, had some not so nice things to say too. So. Yeah, not not during the ceremony, but you know, otherwise. So, uh, in this class, sorry, Bill, do you have something to add? No, no, no. So the inaugural class included the retired numbers of. Uh, so all these players were automatically inducted: Bernie Federico, Bob Gassoff, Brett Hall, Al McKinnis, Barkley Plager, Bob Plager, Chris Pronger, and Brian Sutter. Uh, and kind of included in that is Dan Kelly, uh, radio voice for the Blues for so long. And then uh, the Solomons also for bringing the Blues here to St. Louis were also kind of included in that automatic inductees. Uh, Then they had a fan vote, which we discussed on this show. Uh, Red Berenson, Scotty Bowman, Glenn Hall, and Gary Unger were all voted in by the fans. They're going to do this every year like the Cardinals. You got to think, because the one that, that still stands out to me, and I know you guys agree, Pavel Dimitra. I don't know. Uh, I get. I, I think. What's a, a guy got to do to get into the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I mean, he died in a plane crash. Come on. And was an unbelievable player for this franchise. Right. Um. Yeah. You know. I mean. Yes. Igor Korolev, part of the Blues, died in that plane crash too. But nobody's talking about him because he wasn't Pavel Dimitra. Right. That guy was a huge part of this organization for many years. Not to mention one of the greatest steals in trades in history. So he's always. <laughs> going to be associated with the blues yep no i i i agree we talked about that before uh when the voting was going on that uh was like hey demetra i mean that's that's my he had demetra had my vote i I remember i remember hearing uh i I remember kerber was one of them i want to say another one was maybe john kelly but but maybe it was jeremy rutherford um as people asking them who's your votes and neither of them said demetra and I was like, am, am I crazy here? Like, that guy, he's hes in the top 10 in points for the Blues, right? In goals and was prolific as hell. He's in that 2000 series with the Sharks. I'm sorry, the Blues win that series. Like, he was a prolific player. Well loved. I mean, yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. The, the thing to me just felt like the inaugural class was going to be what it was going to be. And, you know, it it was going to be all, you know, the canon names from the past. And Demetra was, you know, yeah, he was there for, you know, the the McKinnis and the Pronger era. Um, But I think he had, you know, his career continued to be prolific after he left here. It it just it felt kind of predetermined who was going to be in that event inaugural class and i i was not surprised i think he should have been but i was not surprised that it was left out yeah i i I mean i agree like you said i i think it was a lot of like well like looking at the names knowing they're you know some of these guys are are nhl hockey well sorry hockey hall of famers uh uh yeah he's a, a pretty big uh uh you know 
just names from the past, like you said, the canon names. But still, I felt like, man, there's a way Demetra works his way in there, and it just didn't happen. Just shocking. Uh, yeah, next year, next year, right? Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's it's, it's he's got to be he's got to be second class. Not yeah, not that it, he's second a, class, but second class in the Hall of Fame. I think it's it's right? got to be a lock, right? The Demetra's in next year. I mean, who who else even jumps off the page at you? Um, Grant Fior, maybe. Uh, but he had such a short time here. Uh, Liut. Liut, yeah. Liut was my vote. Oates? Yeah. yeah. I I, I, you know what? I, I mean, as it wasn't here long enough. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm as big Oates Shanahan. as anybody. Oates wasn't here long enough. Two, two plus seasons. That was it. Yeah. Maybe Shanahan. Shanahan. Yeah. Was yeah. there like five seasons? Something like that? Six. I hate to say it because it's still so fresh, but Quinville has got to be considered. Well, mm. no. Uh-uh. Yeah. I think he, Jacqueline, his name was on the Jacqueline his name was there. on the ballot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I, yeah. I I would I I wouldn't. I not 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 after what happened in Chicago with I agree. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Um, I mean I'm not a I'm not a you know, big cancel culture person necessarily, but uh, that shit was bad. Yeah, that so, was very that bad. That was real bad. Yeah. That's uh, why I was surprised to even see his name on the ballot. I'm like, damn, yeah. I can't believe they're even throwing him on there. Well. Uh, so, uh, Matt Harris says Cujo. That, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 But if if there's a, you know, another blue schoolie besides Glenn Hall going on that list, Liute. I think it's got to be Liute. It's got to be Liute. Yeah, Liute for sure. Uh, so where is the Hall of Fame? Yeah, <laughs> that that's my question. Because with the Cardinals Hall of Fame, and, and we all know from our friend Joe over at Cardinals Nation, but if you're a Cardinals fan, you know there's an actual Cardinals Hall of Fame where you can go and check it out. Yeah, it's not it's not Cooperstown, but it's a nice area where you can go check out. You know, a lot of historic Cardinals stuff, and there isn't anything like that right now for the Blues. Right? So, it's like just kind so of right, like online and name right only. And now it's, it's in the cloud. It's a it's a virtual thing. It's a it's a yeah. And and I would hope that they would have an area soon to honor all the inductees, right? Or, or inductees, you know, uh, uh, any memorabilia they want to add into the Hall of Fame or something like that to for people to walk through and look at stuff. I mean, they could have people donate things to put on display. You know, yeah. like uh, they, with the the St. Louis Public Library did for a while. Um, Talk about a perfect place to put those original blues jerseys we've talked about. Yep. Yeah. The, there's the, there's no when they say originals, we mean the ones that they never even played in the sweaters right. that were in the newspaper. Right. I, I I I would hope they would have something for that, but I it I mean, with this franchise, you never quite know what they're gonna do. They do strange things sometimes, like the Wickenheiser banner was <laughs> is uh, was down for so long. Is it back up yet? It's not back up yet, is it? Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, they, and they said it was coming back, or something was coming back, right? They mentioned it was coming back before the season started. Um, yeah, it was going in the Blues for Kids area, right? Okay, that's weird. I don't know. Yeah, if it's, it's, I, maybe I just missed it. I don't know. Maybe yeah, it is. I, I think you're right. But correct yeah, us that, if you're wrong, guys. But yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it yet. It's so. the weirdest. The weirdest thing. They take the banner down. It's, it's, it's not hurt anything up there. Leave it up there. Yeah, and leave it up. I it's down well, for years. Uh, again. You you hear the original audio; it will live in the rafters forever. 
and what forever was a while 15 16 years (laughs) a while uh austin lynch i am deeply offended in you son says what about blues legend and cocaine extraordinaire patrick berglund you are mixing him up with yori latera son no that was latera no he's thinking thinking jim campbell was not a well him too yes (laughs) berglund was not a cocaine addict he was the one that left buffalo because he didn't want to play buffalo that we know of well, we can say the same thing about you, Kurt. Right. You're not a cocaine addict, as far as we know. Right, as far as we know. <laughs> I you can't make blanket statements unless you're sure. <laughs> uh and uh let's see, another one that was added here, Winning Unlimited says Jay Bowmeister. I I don't know if you guys mm. will agree. I don't put Bowmeister in there. I don't either. Unless you mm. put in the entire twenty nineteen team. Right. Then I, yes, of yeah. course. Petro goes before J Bo. Yes. I Steen yeah. goes before Jabo. Yeah. Steen was a hell of yep. a blue for a long time. And I don't think Steen deserves to go. So well. Yeah. Steen's a tough now I would not retire his number. No. no. But uh Hall of Fame, that you know, that's a good spot for Steen eventually, maybe. I think yeah. it is. A lot right. of games, a ton of games here. Yeah. How, have they said how many they're inducting each year? They're not gonna oh. do like four every year, are they? That's I don't I think think that's so. too many. Maybe one right. or two every year. One or two, I would think. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And and you have to think guys like Steen, like Barrett Jackman, right? That they're not, you know, their their jerseys aren't going to get retired both Jackman because he got to wear five before we finally said enough of that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, guys like that, that, you know, aren't NHL hockey, you know, International Hockey Hall of Fame, people but blues legends steen and jackman are right there jackman deserves it just for winning henrik zetterberg's calder trophy uh, <laughs> i just put mckinnis in there twice for that then um uh, austin lynch uh I, he's 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 fighting for his uh comment here oh, okay hold on <laughs> so, what what <laughs> uh, start with this one i thought berglund got busted for coke austin said no and then no, that was yeah, that was Latera, that that whole cocaine ring thing he had. And then he goes, uh, "My bad, I messed up assault and rape with coke." Was he? He wasn't what? accused of that, was he? I don't, I don't think so. What? What other blues fan forums are you trolling? Yeah, are we? Apart from are we, let's go blues for oh, or let's wait, go blues. We, no, 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 no. Are we in a multiverse situation here? No, Berglund was. He was. He was accused of uh, assault and rape. Um, After he left the blues, back at like a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me look. Sorry, hold on a minute. Details, details, details. I do not. I forgot about that at all. Um, let's see. Here's a Reddit thread on it. So you say accused. Was he ever convicted of anything? Uh, I think we would know that. Mm-hmm. Against his girlfriend. Because Laterra pretty much was. Yeah. Like he was at least involved. Right. But, but whatever happened with Laterra? Did he ever, he didn't face any time for that, did he? I think he got, uh, I think he got probation. Yeah. Uh, massive fine and probation. Yeah. yeah, Austin just shared a link there. Um, yeah, maybe. Mm. Mm. Well, Patrick okay. Berglund, Berglund denied all allegations. I, I actually don't know how that turned out. I forgot. I don't think it. I don't think he actually. Well, we'll say allegedly uh, assault and rape. We don't know for sure. Accused. 
accused yeah. of it. Accused. And it was the second. He was, he, was, he was actually charged with it. So, how do you have sex with an ostrich? <clears throat> Allegedly. Allegedly. Mm. Allegedly. Uh, so, uh, Blues grant a wish to hockey player Charlie, who was diagnosed with, I'm guessing it's Ewing sarcoma in uh, 2018. Ewing sarcoma is a rare cancer that forms in the tissues around the bones. Uh, back in that time, which is funny to think about, in 2018, uh, Charlie uh, wished to spend time with the Blues coaching staff and go behind the scenes during practice and game day. Um, I, I So I read that in 2018. I was like, okay, when in 2018? Was this in the Mike Yo era? Like, how interesting would it have been if he would have been granted that access then and then granted again so he could have compared and contrast his experiences? <laughs> that would have been something. Uh, so his wish was granted uh, this Wednesday and, or I'm sorry, Wednesday and Thursday of last week. Uh, he joined uh, Ruby and staff in coaches' meetings, reviewed film, examined statistics and analytics, then sat in the locker room meeting uh, with the team before practice. He even took the ice in a re in real Blues goalie gear once practice ended. Uh, a lot of players stuck around and took shots, um, and uh, apparently he did very well uh, for being a non-NHL goalie. Uh, he was able to read the starting lineup against the Flames Thursday night. Uh, once the game started, he joined Blues goalie coach David Alexander in the coach's box for the first period, then joined Kerber and Vitale on the call for the second period in 101.1 ESPN. Uh, then he was interviewed by Andy Strickland on Bally Sports as well. So got a full day uh, basically spending it as a Blues coach slash e-bug slash fan slash reporter. Uh, got to ex experience the whole uh, experience, and I love it. I love stories like this. This is really cool to see the Blues partake. I'm glad that, you know, yes, it's a little bit of self-shame, self-promotion of the Blues to to post the story and post on social media. You know, here's what Charlie's doing today, and yes, it's a little bit of that, but I love seeing it. I love seeing stories like this, and I love when organizations grant these kind of wishes you uh yeah i, I was uh checking something here you, uh, he's he's fine now right i mean he's not he's in remission or something he's i believe he's in remission yes okay. i i didn't I, see anything official from the blues I, but i, think I thought that's what i saw I heard. that i thought i saw that yeah, too, yeah. which is great yeah. so good yeah. for good for charlie mm -hmm. um so uh the blues won their 2000th game in franchise history uh, and after this break from strikewithmike.com, uh, we'll talk about that and more. So don't go anywhere, folks. During the magical 2019 playoff run, I was in the midst of buying my current home. Every time I spoke with my realtor, obviously, home buying was the discussion. But in the back of my mind, I couldn't stop thinking about what was destined to happen for our St. Louis hockey team. If only there were a realtor who could have walked me through the process, held my hand when needed, but was there to be a sounding board when I wanted to complain about a certain hand pass goal. Let realtor Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage be that for you. He'll have your needs top of mind as he skates you through the home buying or selling process, dangling you past any obstacles, and assisting on all your home goals. Check out strikewithmike.com for more information or give him a call directly at 314-753-4060. That's Mike Burgoyne with Real Brokerage at strikewithmike.com and that number again is 314-753-4060. Don't forget to tell Mike that Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. 
Uh, so as we come back from break, it, uh, it, it, I, I feel like something might be coming. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? I wanted you to say that? something. I wanted you to say something because coming right out of commercial to that would have been kind of weird. Well, that's what I was figuring you were going to do. And then when it shot back, I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I guess I need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> vamp, vamp until the uh, yep, essay is done. <laughs> uh, man, how about that? We got two commercials in before, uh, before we did that. That yeah. doesn't ever happen. Never. Well, here's the bulk of the show, folks, because uh, we're going to talk about uh, the last couple Blues games here. Losses to Calgary and Tampa Bay on Thursday and Saturday before winning on Monday Losses against the Ottawa Senators. Losses to who? What did I say? You Calgary said Calgary. Tampa? Yeah. You said Calgary. They lost, they lost to yeah. Calgary. Yeah. They did. Is it Calgary? It's Calgary. Sorry. Calgary. Calgary. There Good you boy. go. There you go. I'm like... I'm not crazy. That's who they played. Calgary. They played Calgary. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Who's Calgary? Who's Calgary? Calgary, yeah. Calgary and Vancouver. We Calgary. Sure that, same correct. That's so California. Calgary. Yes. On LI. Calgary. 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 That's Calgary from LI. <laughs> uh, so Thursday uh, was a loss against Calgary. This was the game that uh, uh, we just mentioned before break. Charlie was a part of the game and was able to read the lineup. Uh, so Grice was in net for this one. So uh, if you remember our last show coming off the uh, 4-3 overtime win against the Flames, the back-to-back per se against the Flames at home, uh, Bennington had a great game in that one. They put Grice in Thursday, which uh, Calgary Calgary made a uh, goaltending change as well, put in Dan Vladar. Uh, so two completely different goalies to face the, the two teams uh, on Thursday. What do you guys think of this call for the Blues putting Thomas Grice in? I mean, it, it's a it's a reward for how he played against Minnesota, right? So, yeah. Um, I, I get it. I I personally I would not have, but you know I, I understand why they did it. I mean, Benton played really well against Calgary in the previous game, got the win. I'm like, I, I, you know, you're chasing Calgary, you know, go with go with your guy, you know. Um, but, you know, again, Grice had a hot hand against Minnesota, so they're hoping to write off that. Uh, didn't pan out. So it did early, right? I think it was it looked pretty good early. But then they kind of uh, pulled away at the end. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, the squeaker between the legs from Coleman, I thought, was uh, really, like, mm, wish Benny, you know, at that point, I thought that was the only time I really thought uh, I wish Benny was in. But... Yeah, I for me, I would have, and I, I agree with you, Kurt. I think it was a reward for the game against Minnesota that he played so well. Um, but to me, again, same as the conversation we had last week about uh, Montreal and Minnesota back to back, I still stand by. I would have played Grice against Minnesota. I'm sorry, uh, Grice Montreal. against Montreal, Bennington against Minnesota. Me too. Uh, same here. I, even though Grice played well against Minnesota, and clearly people are going to say I'm wrong. I stand by it. That's what I would have done. And I would have done this uh, uh, kind of a similar thing here. Yeah, I think I get wanting to reward Grice, and I think you do do that. But you're chasing Calgary, again, in the playoff stands. I think if you win this game, did they not tie them in the standings if you win this in regulation? Yes. So you play your guy. You put Bennington in. And if you want to give a reward to Grice, put him in against Tampa, the Eastern Conference team. Yeah. That, that's what I would have done. I, yeah, same. 
And, so and, uh, you're, I mean, you're, I don't know if you're conceding a loss to Tampa Bay, right? I mean, because Tampa's just very, very good. And it's like, well, we'll give Bennington the night off against a really good team. Uh, right. And from the East, you know, so we're not, if we, you know, them getting two points doesn't affect us any. So. Yep. I agree. Uh, so, but, uh, you know, I know, Bill, you mentioned the squeaker goal, but in this game, 36 saves for Grice. He played well. Um, maybe, again, he gives up that week one late, but still a good game overall. Uh, he did have a shutout streak snapped of 155 minutes and 43 seconds after the Flames scored their first goal. But in this game, uh, Jake Neighbors scored uh, 20 seconds into the third period to tie it at one. Uh, it was a really weird broken play. Uh, he ends up... Uh, Fired it from the right face-off circle. It was only the second goal of the year for neighbors in the NHL. Keep in mind, he's been in the AHL a lot this year. And uh, his first since game one against Columbus. Uh, so nice to see him get on the board again. It's a great goal. Yeah. It was. Great goal. Great, great pass right down the middle. And great first touch to accept it. Yeah, loved it. Had a really good feeling about this game at that point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, then, but then yep uh no so uh, a couple bad goals in a row and it was and, and this is a theme we're going to mention here with the next three games uh goal uh from devin uh is it devin du dubay devin no no what is it it's no. uh oh shit i should put his full it? name in here or, you, or uh, just don't worry about it <laughs> yeah or just call him <clears throat> dubay uh, Dubay, uh, scores and as the, uh, the go ahead goal, which became the game winning goal, terrible, uh, send out from Rob Thomas hits Lindholm right to Dubay beats Grice and Dylan, then, uh, Dylan, that's it. I knew it was another D name, double D. Um, and then bill, you mentioned the, the other bad turnover, it, even though it was not a strong goal, it was still a Just... bad turnover by the blues behind the net. Uh, they had pressures in, in Calgary zone, and then uh, Falk goes to throw it on the boards, but just misplays it. it. goes right to the tape of Coleman, who spins and backhands it through the legs of Grice. Bad goal on Grice, but still bad turnover by the Blues. Right, and so uncharacteristic of Justin Falk this season. He's He's been you know just so reliable, and uh, I think that split second of lack of focus and – Calgary capitalized. Sorry, Calgary capitalized. <laughs> you say that I feel like Falk has had a bad week. He's he's he had a bad not last couple good. weeks. Uh, he's yeah. yeah he's he's kind of struggling. I don't know if they're overplaying him. Uh, tired? What? But it's he's he's not uh, looked like himself the past oh, two three weeks. He got the horseshit bug from Pareko. <laughs> well, then why is Pareko still have it? Because it's contagious. <laughs> Oh, that's what it is. It took that it's not a contagious to paint my house. <laughs> uh, that's a good joke. That's uh, a great joke. <laughs> so, uh, Buchnevich's six-game point streak in this game was snapped. He had two goals and seven assists in that time. Uh, this was the game, I believe, he got a nice uh, breakaway pass. But Vladar, who had a great game, uh, stopped him and unfortunately uh, snapped the streak. So uh, Saturday, Blues come in uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Again, the Hall of Fame induction was the Friday night before this. 
So uh, in this game, uh, it was their first game after the induction. All the living inductees dropped the puck at center, uh, and it was between Braden Shen, since Ryan O'Reilly is still injured, and uh, St. Louis legend uh, Pat Maroon was able to uh, partake in this as well with Tampa Bay, which I thought was pretty cool. I did enjoy seeing a St. Louis and be able to jump in there, and and that's going to be a historic photo. Uh, we'll probably see, hopefully, if they ever do have a living Hall of Fame, you can go visit. You got to hope that this picture is going to be showing in there. Oh, sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, also, another important note with this game, uh, the Blues had officially played in more games at this point at the Keel slash Savis slash Scott Trade slash Enterprise Center than the St. Louis Arena. Uh, so the record at the Enterprise Center in 1,072 games, um, 594 wins, 348 losses 50 ties 79 overtime losses in st louis arena uh 1071 games played 559 344 and 168 ties clearly they did not have overtime losses back when they were playing there um points for each enterprise 13 119 and then st louis arena 1286 pretty consistent actually all the way through pretty impressive yeah, I, I guess they're uh, if you take away the overtime loss points, right? In Enterprise, that'd be more indicative of you know they they look like they have more points at the arena than yep. at Enterprise, which is shocking to me. I wouldn't. Uh, think I, would, I mean, if you take away overtime o- OTLs, right? Yeah, it's let me let me do the math here. Let me figure this out. Well, there's 79 OTLs at Enterprise. And we're only, uh, there's only uh, about, what, 14? You're right. So they, so St. Louis Arena has 12, uh, 1286 in terms of points. Yep. Enterprise without the OTLs would be at 1240. Yeah. So they would have just more at St. Louis Arena. And that shocks me because there were some, I mean, there were a lot of lean years at the arena. And I mean, they made the playoffs some years when they were under 500. You know, so yeah. when, when I so, saw, I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, they were better later and better in the early 80s. But yeah, as far as like uh, great records go, I mean, I would have guessed for sure more points at uh, the new building. Yeah. And it's one of those things that my first hockey experiences were at the old barn. And so I can never think that that, that we could have surpassed how long they played there. Because mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's my history. Right. Yeah, but that's... it's it makes me feel like this is one of those things. It's like, yeah, I am definitely fucking old now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because uh, I actually think it was Austin uh, when I first really started talking to Austin Lynch, friend of the show here. Um, I asked him what his first game was, and I remember he told me it was like, you know. 2003 saw Chris Bronger play. I guess I don't think it was that early. I think it was later than that. I think it was like Eric Brewer era. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, that was your first, your first game. Not only that's funny was post president's trophy, but it was post Chris Pronger, Al McKinnis post, even knowing what the St. Louis arena is. He was born after the St. Louis arena. So I that was bad. one of those moments that's like, holy shit, man, that's crazy. I feel bad for anybody that did not get to experience the arena. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I am so glad that I got to see a ton of games there. Um, yeah. There's such a, such a, I mean, the old buildings that you will never, unless you go to some podunk town with a, with a junior team or something that plays in an old barn like that, you, you know, the NHL doesn't have arenas like that anymore. And uh, it was so unique, you know, walk in and you get, you know, this musty, stale beer, old popcorn smell, you know? Uh, yep. Yep. The, the water stained sheets over the, over the rafters and, Yep. Yeah, the sitting in the uh, you know smoke. sitting on the the ends. Yeah, smoke before they finally outlawed it. Yeah. Um, but sitting on the uh, the the upper deck ends where you know like a, it's it's the gondolas. Right, they're gondolas. Suspended. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because oh, they were they were suspended by cables. Right. You weren't you weren't you were attached by cables as to the roof and you'd sway. Right. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. it's amazing more people didn't fall to their death in that building. Yeah. There was a, a yeah. A, Spiral staircase going to I don't know if it was yeah. on both ends, but one one end of the spiral staircase was goofy. Yeah, it was just one end. Yeah, yeah but yeah, there's nothing like it though. Nothing like nope. it. Nope. Oh, that was great. Yeah, I, I've I never went to Chicago Stadium, but I've heard stories of their old arena and how fucking nuts that place was. That the the old Chicago Stadium was loud. The arena was loud, and they're both in yeah. the North Division too, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. It's a shame I never got to go to Joe. Did you guys ever get to go to the Joe Lewis Arena? I did not. Stood on the steps outside. That's as close as I got. Mm-hmm. Visited there. Yep. As I've told the story many times. I was on my way uh, to Detroit when I learned about the Chris Pronger, uh, Brendan Shanahan trade. So, okay. Yeah, but that that trip it was in the middle of the summer, um, and we uh, yeah we went and stood on the steps outside the Joe, but didn't get to go in. My favorite again. I know I've told this uh, before that I've I've got a book uh, actually given to me by STL Blues History um, about the old Oakland Seals, California Seals, whatever you want to call them, and how their first uh, couple games were played at the uh, Cow Palace. And... No, that was the San Jose Sharks. They played. Yeah. Oh, Cow that the Palace? Yeah. Okay, so the, yeah. so the Golden Seals played there a lot then. Um, yeah. But the the stories of that arena are just fucking hilarious just reading about how these you know they had literally they had cow shows at this place players would show up to the arena and they'd still be cleaning up cow shit and it's just mind-boggling that's how the fucking world used to work for hockey arenas that's crazy um so i got a question for you guys and, and if you you know what uh don't answer uh let's see if anybody in the uh chat will get it no, I want to. I want to. I got a question for you guys. Don't answer. No, I, there's a delay, so let's let's give it a little bit. See if anybody in the chat will get it first. But if you guys have an answer, hold on to it for a little bit. We'll come back to it. Uh, in what arena do the Blues have the next amount of games played, as well as the most points? So clearly, number one is the Enterprise Center. Number two is St. Louis Arena. In their history, where have they played the most games next, and also have accrued the most points? It's the same um, arena. I'm sorry. It's the same arena. Yes, it is okay. the same arena. So one arena, they've played the third amount of games played, and and have accrued the third amount of points. Um, I'll let you guys think on that. Like I said, I kind of want to get some answers from the crowd before we get into it. So let's just uh, kind of move on and talk a little bit about this game. Uh, Bennington goes back in net, makes 26 saves in this game. Nick Letty returned and had 20 minutes of ice time exactly, which I was like, okay, I can't be right, but exactly 20 minutes. After missing four games with an upper body injury, 
Um, with the Blues losing this game, they go to 1-2-0 on the current uh, seven-game uh, homestand. And uh, so getting into this game, uh, Pitlick scores on a breakaway to put the Blues up one nothing. He took it on the backhand, spins to his forehand, and beats Vasilevsky along the ice between the legs. Did you? So Darren Payne said this, and I actually agreed with him, but I saw some people on social media saying absolutely not. Um, do you think he whiffed? He whiffed on this shot, right? He didn't mean to put it there. On which one? Sorry, I was researching. Mm. Uh, Pitlick. Pitlick's Pitlick. Pitlick. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he whiffed. He whiffed. It looked like yeah. it went off like the heel of his stick. Like he didn't mean to shoot right. it there, but that's what he, he did. And I think that's why Vasilevsky missed it because Absolutely. he couldn't read it. Absolutely, it, it, he could not pick up or pick that puck up. He was he was reacting to where the stick was going, right? And it just yeah, that he that, he is like like in golf, you topped it. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, Pang's like, boy, if he tried to do that, that was impressive. What to find out? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, That's, I don't know. <laughs> you played, come on, Pang, you played, you know, he didn't come on. Was, <sighs> yeah, that was that was a whiff for sure. You know, he knows uh, better. Yeah, so uh, the lightning tied early, it was another behind the net turnover. Uh, Levo this time had some slight pressure from Kucherov, tried to go to Achari, but it was too soft. Achari couldn't read. Uh, the pinch coming from uh, defenseman Perbix uh, and uh, picks it off, slides it to the waiting point in the slot. And then again, you guys will not believe this, but there was another behind the net turnover that led to a 2-1 lightning lead. While on the PK, Mikola pinches point off the puck to awaiting Falk, who lackadaisically holds the puck with two lightning converging. He lost it to Kucherov, who slides it to Stamkos, who finds point on the back door. And again, Surprise, surprise, a backdoor goal on the Blues, and it's a 2-1 lead. Just, again, atrocious puck control on all these goals that we have mentioned tonight against Calgary and Tampa Bay to this point. Got to be better. The thing that annoys me about this the most, when the Blues defend poorly, I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm not shocked. That's okay. That's this team, even though they're high-priced. I think even Armstrong knew this is not going to be a good defending team. But a puck management team is what this team is supposed to be. And they have they are not managing the puck. And I know there's injuries. Don't get me wrong. I get that. But they are not managing the puck in their own zone well at all at this point. And it is so frustrating to watch because that is literally what we were told this defense could do. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and uh, sloppy play in our own zone is going to be the downfall of this team if anything is you know it's, uh, the downfall of this team is not going to be goaltending it's not going to be goal scoring it's going to be own zone play it's just sloppy there, there's <clears throat> there's there's turnover after turnover there's missed assignments uh the gap closure sucks um and there i don't think teams are afraid of the blues at all uh in our zone so no. that that needs a an overhaul this get, they get a little pressure and they just cough the puck up. Yeah, and I was I was gonna say, guys, I'm starting to worry that other teams have a book on us at this point. <laughs> it, I mean, it's just it's seriously. I confused some of the goals between these two games because they're you know the descriptions are so similar. It's you know it's rinse repeat. It's it's disgusting at this point in the season you should be playing a more consistent game of hockey 
and they just can't do it. Well, and I mentioned like on the last goal, this was on this was on the power play, by the way, for the Lightning. Uh, I mentioned that there was a good defensive play by uh, Nico Mikola. He pinches off Braden Point, one of the best players in the league, pinches him off right there into the boards, takes him, drives him in there, leaves the puck there for for Falk, and he just coughs it up. And it's like, dude, this is the Tampa Bay fucking lightning right here. These guys know how to move the puck on the power play. The minute you see that puck come loose, you got to fire that out of your zone on the PK. And there's just none of that right now. Uh, so, uh, perfect scored in the second for a two-goal lead for Tampa. Uh, slapper from the point off a face-off win. Bennington stopped it, but it bounced in the air, rolls past him. Thought this was a pretty weak... Speak, talking about Jordan Bennington, and everybody, I know we've gotten shit before from people saying that we're Bennington apologists. Um which is ridiculous. There's nothing to apologize for. I know you guys agree. Uh, but this was one I think probably could have had. Bill, what do you think? I mean, this is one that that it looked like he either misread it, he thought he was going to get it with the with the blocker and knock it to the corner. Did not play that one well. It, it's, yeah, the, the, some maybe a momentary lapse of concentration. Um, you know, just, you know, it... it didn't have, didn't have the uh, the presence of mind in that second as the puck gets to him. It's, it, I mean, it's it's difficult, um, but it's something he should have had um, to have the blocker angled to to deaden the puck, and instead it just skips up over him. And you know, every once in a while, even the best goalies are going to give up a shit goal. Um, but yeah, that's that's one that was it was you know probably uh top three week goals that he's given up this season. Yeah. I, I, I soft, soft goal, easy, soft goal. No question. Um, should have had it and he knows it. Um, and like Bill said, it is what it is. He, every, every once in a while goalies give up goals like these happens to everybody once in a while. And, and you move on. Uh, and thankfully that this kind of goal has not gone on, him, gone in on him. Uh, much at all this season. No, it's a, it's an isolated incident. Um, he's again, talk to us, talk to anyone who watches the team who's educated in hockey. Sorry. Um, let's tell you he's had a great season, but yeah, you're not going to stop everything. This was a week one. Like you said, Kurt, you move on, you play the game, hope your team can, can bail you out. Unfortunately, they couldn't. Pavel Buchnevich scored off the rush to make it three, two, and then a misplay behind the net just over a minute on the clock in the second uh, led to uh, Killorn in front, uh, kind of scoring a, a tap-in goal off a great pass from uh, Brandon Hagel. So the Blues lose this one. Um, and uh, still, at this point, we're looking for that 2,000th win. Uh, we heard about uh, this, I think, uh, after the Calgary game. Media kind of started talking about, hey, the next win, Blues are going to be at 2,000 wins. That's a huge deal, right? And it just was at this point like, okay, great. Here comes another eight-game losing streak. <laughs> <laughs> so the blues did get that elusive 2000th win uh on monday in a 2-1 victory over the ottawa senators they are the eighth team and second non-original six club to reach 2000 wins uh only behind philadelphia uh which anybody who knows anything about the nhl knows how good those teams were in the 70s so they raked up a lot of wins in those years uh their all-time record the blues 2000 
1,687, 432, those are ties, and 181 overtime losses. Uh, win number 2,000 came in exactly 4,300 games played. Uh, since the inaugural season in 1967-68, the Blues' 2,000 wins are fifth most in NHL history, trailing only Boston, Montreal, Philadelphia, and the New York Rangers. They have more wins in that time than Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and Toronto. Very impressive, actually, when you, uh, you look at some of these teams that they have jumped ahead since they uh, came into the league. 432 ties. Uh, I think it was uh, Unger um, during the Hall of Fame stuff said uh, he prefers the current format, uh, getting a win over as opposed to a, a game ending in a tie. Uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I, I Back when ties were a thing, I hated the ties. I was like, oh, I sat and watched and nothing was determined. Um, 432 times that happened, ties. That's just, I mean, man, that's a lot of, that's a lot of games where nobody wins. How many of those? A lot of kissing sisters. A lot of kissing sisters. A lot lot of sisters to kiss. (laughs) I think there's a special spot on that in the internet for people. (laughs) How many of those ties think you saw, Kurt? Well, uh, God, however many ties were. uh, When did I start watching like religiously every game? That's probably how many ties I saw. Um, That was probably back in the mid 80s. So late eighties, I started watching every game religiously, mm-hmm. religiously. So whatever, but between, uh, you know, uh, 88 and say now, well, I wouldn't really stop doing ties. Yeah. 2000. What was that? 2004, 2005, I yeah. believe was when they introduced, uh, Out of the, lockout, the yeah. OTL. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so before we get into this, I will answer the question that I posed. Uh, we can, had can a couple I, people. Oh, wait, can, can we, can we, we not guess? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna oh read some of the the other people here. So Matt Harris says the Climate Pledge Arena, which, uh, yeah, I hope you're kidding. Um, it's an old building. Uh, it's a real see. old building. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, Sprint I'm sorry, Center in Kansas City, Austin. I think uh, he's messing around there too. <laughs> Madison, Madison Square Garden is really old, but I don't know if the Blues play there enough. So uh, Jason Miller says uh, Maple Leaf Gardens. Uh, that's a that's a very good one too. Uh, so mm-hmm. fellas, let's get to you two. What do you think? Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, um, you know what, Madison Square Garden is a lot older, but I'm gonna say Settle Dome since. Calgary's been in our conference longer and the Settledome's old. Okay. Settledome was built for the 88 Olympics. Yeah. It's the oldest, it's it's the oldest building in the league right now. I, I'm well, going with the building that you called out earlier in say Chicago Stadium. Uh we got Lenny Unlimited also saying Blackhawks Arena. Um, so yeah, he think he's meaning the Chicago Stadium as well, not uh United Center. Ken Morris says the shark tank. Uh good guess. Um but uh, here's the answer, folks. It is actually one that nobody said. It was the Joe Lewis Arena. Mm. Uh, so it, at the Makes old sense. Joe, which is where the Detroit Red Wings were housed until just a couple years ago. Right. Uh, they played 111 yeah. games there. They were 41-54, 12-4 in that time for 98 points. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of so, sense. Yeah, yep. it does. 
Didn't think of it. You got to remember that the Red Wings were shit in the 80s for anybody who may not know that. 70s and 80s, right? 70s and yeah, at least late 70s for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were giving away, they couldn't give, they, they give away cars at games to try and get people to to come in and watch games. And they, they couldn't fill the stadium that way, giving away cars. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was a, uh, it's an interesting, yeah. I, I mean, the Joe was an interesting arena. Like I said, that's one I always wish that I would have, I would have, uh, attended a game. And I wanted that last year, I almost went, but, um, decided, you know, being able to pay my bills was probably more important, but, uh, <laughs> um, kid and all that stuff, you know, yeah, it ruined everything. It terrible. Stupid adulting. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in this game, uh, versus Ottawa or o- Ottawa, as some call them, uh, Biddington was in net. Uh, Nikita Alexandrov was out with an undisclosed injury. Walker, Nathan Walker, was inserted, inserted, inserted on the uh, fourth line in his place. Uh, and by the way, for those that, that may not have seen, apparently Alexandrov's fine and he'll be back Thursday night against Nashville. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I thought this was a uh, oh wow, the old St. Louis Blues news crew from uh, Cape Core seventy two. Um... I'd be curious to, I don't know who that, I assume I'm talking about the forum. I don't know who that, I don't recognize that username. Yeah. Me who are you on the forum? Cap, Cap, Cape Core 72. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Bennington back in net uh, this night for uh, this game against the Senators. Uh, it was a good fast placed game with, uh, I thought some, some pretty good goaltending on both sides. No, no, clearly we'll talk about, a mistake Cam Talbot made in this yeah. game. But other than that, I thought he played a very solid game. And uh, and we'll talk about Jordan Biddington, too. Uh, played a very good game, especially late. Uh, and I know even Craig Berube had some nice comments about him after the game. Uh, so uh, in this game, Neighbors, uh, Jake Neighbors gets back on the board and uh, gives the Blues the one nothing lead. Uh, Callie Rosen skates along the boards into the offensive zone during a Sens line change and whips it in front to awaiting Neighbors, who's tied up well by uh, Travis Hamanick, but uses his strength to tie up, or I'm sorry, to tip the hard pass uh, through Talbot. So uh, very nice heads-up play, I thought, by Rosen on this one. And then uh, Neighbors doing what? Apparently, he is learning to do in the NHL, get your ass to the net, and good things will happen. Right. I, the point was made during the game, not on on Twitter at least, not what you want Jake Neighbors like long-term to be the guy to do is go to the front of the net, but, man, that was super effective. And he got the Darren Pang seal of approval with – you know, being strong on his stick, not letting it get knocked away. Great play, both by Rosen and, and Neighbors. Love that goal. Well, seeing eye puck too, right? Right through the pads. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, a little, a little puck luck there. So I don't think he meant to put it there, but whatever. Whatever works. He went hard uh, to the net, Kurt. Hockey yeah. cliche. <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. Good things happen, right? Go to the net. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he said that after the game, you know, go to the net, go hard to the net. It's cliche, but it, it works. Yeah. I mean, and, and to, for right now, for a young kid, you just want to make sure he has that confidence, that swagger. So yeah, go to the net. Good things are going to happen. He's a big, strong kid. Clearly. I mean, he out muscles Hamannick here, an NHL veteran, uh, who's a very good defensive player. 
And he, uh, you know, just out muscles him, gets a stick on the ice, does the right thing. Rosen hits him right on the tape and one nothing blues, just a beautiful play by the blues. And, and again, good heads up play by Rosen. Love the way he just knew to, I'm just going to skate this in. Hope somebody drives the net and I'm going to get it there. And it was just a nice play overall. Uh, Nola Chari puts the Blues up 2-0 after the Sens lose the puck in the neutral zone. Cam Talbot uh, steps out to play it, but mishandles it. Uh, Chari's there to <laughs> poke it in and frustrate the hell out of Senators fans, as I saw on Twitter, yeah. which was fun. Uh, but, man, so in this play, I mean, Talbot's not a, a puck mover. He's not known for his stick-handling ability. But, man, he just off the heel. I mean, yeah. man, he did not play that well. Shit happens. <laughs> Right, yeah. and it makes you appreciate Bennington for how well he plays the puck. It might be the right. Uh, it may have been mentioned on the broadcast, or that I, I kind of agree with. It. it might be the best puck handling goalie in the league. So, if not the best, one of. So, yep. yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely up there, and yeah, it's it's one of those plays that you know if you're Talbot, you know you're you're out thinking yourself. I think it's you either just covered up and you know maybe maybe take a penalty for delay of game but you, you don't you don't try to shoot it back up the middle with somebody charging down the middle it's got to go to the side or you got to get on top of it throw it in the corner bad. at the very least like don't just oh that was terrible i that's a play where coach ponder would have been like get out <laughs> i would have lost my mind <laughs> um so uh, Jake Neighbors ain't done, but he's not scoring goals. He's dropping them down. He gets in a fight with Kelly, uh, kicks his ass uh, about two minutes yeah. into the second period. Yeah, he he early on he laid one solid hit, and I think that did him in. And just yeah. a, if we and were you guys not doing the same thing after this fight too? Like, okay, now get him an assist. Let's get him an yes. assist. Oh, we yeah. need that Corey oh, yeah. Howe hat trick. Right. It was it was all in the first period. So it's like this this has to happen. This this is yeah. Yeah. I it, it, hey man, I wish fighting would be a thing again. It was so much fun. People love it. I don't know. Yep. And again, we, we said this at when this was when fighting was a little more prevalent in the NHL when we're doing this show. The concussions, all those issues. It's not mostly from fighting. It's from hits to the head. Like, oh yeah, the cheap shit they're trying to get rid of in the NHL. Fighting doesn't cause that as much. The NHL fights last, at most, most of them, 15 seconds. And it's a couple shots to the head. Nothing crazy. Like, it's the dirty hits that, that needed to be taken out of the NHL game, which they've done. But well, along with that, when fighting. Remember when Shanahan was the uh, Department of Player Safety guy, and he advocated against you know to to kind of reduce fighting because he said someone's going to get killed out there because guys are getting trained MMA style. Um, well, that that was that was the era of George LaRock, and you know the the guys who were trying to make sure that they still had a place on the team. And it was just unspoken. You're going against whatever. If the other team has a goon like you, you're going to go. Right. It's just, it, it was, it was a different right. era, you right. know, not, not like, you know, the, the Chuck Norris division days when, you know, you had to have an enforcer because the Red Wings had Bob Probert, right. Mm -hmm. You, you had to have somebody in there 
in those days, like guys like Probert and, you know, guys like Gino Ojic, who I think we'll, we'll mention hopefully at the end of the show, um, they, they had a role and they knew what it was. I'm not trying to glorify the fighting back then, but it was different from that era. Um, yeah. you know, that, that where Shanahan wanted to minimize it. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, but uh, I, 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 I long for the days of the, of the uh, 80s, early 90s fighting. Those, those were fun. Good times. Yeah, and did you guys see uh, his quote um, after, the, after the fight or after the game? He said uh, that basically he had never fought, fought Parker Kelly before, but he'd seen him in, uh, in juniors, I think, juniors of the AHL, and he wasn't fond of him. <laughs> I thought that was a great great That's response awesome. hilarious <laughs> uh the senators then got on the board after a uh shot uh shoot in sees bennington slow it down for falk and guys guess what uh he mishandles it it goes right off batherson's skate who finds uh uh i almost said matthew kachuk brady kachuk uh who slams it in front to stutzla who one times it passed uh bennington from the slot um, again, I think this is one Bennington doesn't really have a huge chance on bat. I mean, I think Bennington played it well behind the net. I mean, it was a hard dump in and, and teams know now they have to shoot it in hard and try and get it past Bennington. Otherwise he's going to play it and play it right back up. So he slows it down for Falk. And I just feel like, I don't know, Falk didn't know if Batherson was there or if he was trying to get it past him. But just a, a some of it, some of this was a good play by Ottawa, uh, reading the play, knowing where guys should be. Uh, Brady Kachuk is one hell of a four checker, so so I'll give them credit here too. But uh, I thought just a a weird play that the Blues really and, and again Stutzla wide open in front uh, was not covered and uh, no chance for Bennington on this. That's got to be a very difficult for a goalie to stop when the puck comes from from that area of ice behind the end red line um, out to a guy who's open in front who one times it. So as a goalie, you got to recognize, okay, the puck's coming out here and oh crap, you know, I got to come out real quick to cut down the angle if I can. And it's coming back so fast. It's all, there's a lot to process in a short amount of time for a goalie. Um, you just hope it hits you basically just you know, try and slide out and play big, I guess. But um you know, if because if, if a shooter picks a spot or hits a spot, I mean, you're kind of screwed. It's total advantage to the shooter because they they have the view of the net. They know where Bennington's coming. They know where the goalie is coming from. They know what's probably going to be open. And as long as they get the shot away quick, goalie usually doesn't have a chance. Uh, so, uh, Bennington, uh, in this game. So it's two, one at this point late in the game and Bennington's already playing a, a pretty solid game. He makes two massive saves, uh, in this game late, both off Claude Giroux. Uh, so with about eight minutes left, uh, to bring it, uh, slid the puck in front, uh, to Claude Giroux who directs it with his body to the net goes down on one knee and kind of just lets it hit off him because it was, it was in so tight. Uh, but Bennington seals the crease and covers it. And uh, uh, just a, a very nice save, very quick response by Bennington to close the legs, make sure the puck's under him, and uh, not let that puck slide between them. 
He makes another big save off Sharu, uh, this time with about uh, five minutes and 30 seconds left in the game. Alex Brinkett finds Drew again, this time streaking to the slot with Barbashev trailing as he was coming off the boards. Uh, he lifts a backhander that, I mean, looked like it was pretty much far down if it would have hit. But uh, Bennington just gloves it, seals the puck, doesn't let a rebound, uh, read the play perfectly. And again, uh, Blues uh, get a big 2-1 win here. Um, and again, you you can't you can't say enough how important uh, those two big saves by Bennington were at the end to keep the Blues not only in the lead but uh, able to pull this one out. Um, yeah, I um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that I was happy with the way the Blues played in this game necessarily. Um, but uh, you get yeah, it's it's a win. <laughs> so uh, coming off two losses. Yeah, I don't care uh, how they play. Just get the win. Um, you you needed this win. Uh, you're playing Nashville coming up next. Um, what's the standings look like here? I had them up here for a second. We are we are one point behind Nashville with one more game played. So it's a big game tomorrow. You did not want to be three points down in Nashville. So you know every every point counts this time of year. So uh, and they need to get on a roll uh, soon. I mean, they've kind of like they're, you know, they're winning a couple, losing one, winning a couple, losing one, uh, but they got to make up some ground. So, well, at this point, too, Ottawa is basically in a battle themselves. They're they're right about where the Blues are. I think they're a little bit under five hundred. They just won tonight. I saw, but um, they're they're battling too, and so they're expecting points here. They want at least a point with a struggling Blues team. And for the Blues able to to pull out of this game again with a regulation win, not give Ottawa anything, um, even though that doesn't pertain to the Blues playoff race, but still an important two points to get in regulation, hold on to the win, not give up the lead. And uh, just, uh, again, solid goaltending. Yeah. I thought pretty good defense against a very good Senators offense. Um, So, you know, they had the one lapse, I think, on the first goal. But other than that, I had no problem with the way they played. I was just happy to see. I mean, uh, it was just nice to see Bennington play well again. You know, I just, because uh, cause if if you're going to make a run, make a push, you got to have the goaltending. And they've had it, so you don't want to lose it. <laughs> right. And it's just funny to see. It's funny to, uh, um, for some reason, you know, uh, Bennington's been, uh, a, what, a polarizing uh, figure on social media, whether he, whether he sucks or whether he doesn't, whether you're a advanced stats uh, guru or whether you're watching the games or whatever, um, it's just nice to see him play well again and just say, okay, well, one goal against. You can't complain about that, I guess. So, no, in it's it's a game. You don't want this to be the game that your goalie has to steal for you, but it was the game that the goalie stole for us. Right. Those Ottawa, you know, the the uh, two Giroux chances Jeff talked about totally could have gone to a three two Ottawa victory. Right. Ottawa was hungry coming off of a just ass kicking by the avalanche seven to nothing. And um, I mean, look what they did tonight. Back to back nights and traveling St. Louis to Pittsburgh. They go into Pittsburgh and Brady Chuck gets to. Uh, overtime winner for a 4-3 win. That's that's a gutsy performance. That's a, a really good team 
Um, you know, I thought I thought the Blues had chances to extend the lead, and Ottawa just kind of took over control of the play. But you know, our our goaltending and defense held up, and yeah, uh, big two points. Um, you know, you drop those two points, and you know we're we're three game losing streak. Uh, that feels completely different. Yep. So uh, we will talk a little bit more. Uh, actually, first, we'll just say uh, uh, coming up for the Blues Thursday night against Nashville. This is a very big game for the St. Louis Blues, a division rival. Uh, Kurt, you said you've got the standings up, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, I know they're very close within a point or two of the Blues, right? Uh, the Blues are at one point behind Nashville with uh, one more game played. So this would be a huge swing game for the Blues to uh, go up on them. So you expect a, hopefully a solid effort. Maybe we see a Vladimir Tarasenko return, but uh, a good, you know, the blues have seen some non-divisional games, even recently uh, some Eastern conference foes. Good to see a good uh, division battle here with the Nashville predators and hope for the blues can uh, shove it to UC Soros, which they did plenty of last year. Also with a, with a win on uh, uh, Thursday against Nashville, the blues will be 500 at home. So it'd be nice. That would to be nice. Five hundred at home. Yeah. Yep. How bad is that? I know. <laughs> Let's just get to five hundred at home. It's awful. Uh, it's nuts. Never thought we'd say that with this team. Nope. Uh, most wins or oh, second most wins. Uh, let's see. Uh, out of teams. Let's see. Wild card teams and uh, other teams out of the playoffs. The Blues have the what second most road wins. Edmonton has 14. The Blues have 13. So, yeah, if they could just figure it out at home, they'd be fine. Yeah. yeah I'll say, I think, was it four or five of those losses in that eight-game lose, uh, losing streak? That wasn't, were, those, were those not at home? Uh, ugh, I can't talk. Four or five of those were at home, were they not? I have to go back and check. I don't know. I assume so. Uh, I'm blacking that part of the season out. <laughs> I wish we all could. Wish the NHL would. Um. Well, uh, there's quite the uproar over a Philadelphia Flyers defenseman making a choice to refrain from participating in Pride Night. Uh, We'll discuss that and more after this word from our friends over at Center Ice Brewery. Do you like hockey? Of course you do. Do you like beer? Of course you do. Are you 21? Let's hope so. If you answered yes to all of those questions... Run on down to your local beer distributor and pick up a 2-4 of Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, or any other delicious hockey-themed beer from Center Ice Brewery. That's right, Center Ice Brewery beer is available at various beer stores around town. So check around for the one closest to you. That's Center Ice Brewery. Let's go Blues! Four of those, four of those eight games were on the, at home. So half and half. Okay. You know what the the worst part about that is, is that there wasn't even an overtime loss in there. No, all not, regulation losses. Not a single point. Oh, so bad. And and you know, I mean, it was it was bad. I know there was a few games where they they played well enough to win, just just didn't. But uh, but yeah, for the most part, it was just it was just bad hockey. Bad hockey. Yeah, it was. Uh, looks like Bill has stepped away for a minute. So, Kurt, if you wouldn't mind keeping your eye on uh, his screen to see when he comes back so we can sure. pop him back up here. 
Uh, so we'll go ahead and get talking. Um, I know Bill knows plenty of the story. I don't need to fill him in on anything. Uh, so we'll go ahead and start talking about uh, Ivan Provorov. Uh, he is the Flyers defenseman, and uh, refrain. he recently refrained from participating in the Flyers pregame skate on Tuesday, citing, quote, religious beliefs uh, since the Flyers were hosting a pride night and uh, they were wearing pride jerseys uh, for uh, the pregame warm-up, uh, which also I've, I did find out later most teams do do this. Um, they, uh, they actually auctioned those jerseys off after the mm-hmm. game as well uh, to help with uh, LGBTQ uh, in the area uh, community organizations. So he did uh, cost them some money. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> I So you know that jersey's made, right? I wonder, like... Oh, yeah, it's made. Sure. Did they just trash it? Like, what, what do they do with that jersey? I'm sure Pro Rob isn't, uh, doesn't want it. <laughs> no, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so where does it go? I don't know. They got to just trash it because they don't, you don't want that resurfacing anywhere. Got me. I don't know. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so again, he did not participate in warmups. He played in the game against Anaheim that night though. So he did not participate in the pregame, but did come out for, uh, the skate. And it's funny because I was actually kind of watching this unfold unknowingly. I was just happy to be on Twitter and actually a friend of the show, Russ joy, of oh i'm gonna mm, snow the goalie snow the goalie podcast uh who reports on the philadelphia flyers he was posting that ivan provorov is not ill is not injured and he is not on the ice for pregame and so of course his timeline is just flooded with oh trade he's traded he's traded there's a trade and he said you know honestly there's no buzz of a trade i don't think that's it either i have no idea what's going on and then you find out the rumors that start coming in during the game is, oh, this is kind of what's happening. We'll find out after the game, but this is what we're hearing. And it was just kind of weird. Like like I said, I didn't know I was watching this transpire in front of my eyes, but I was. And I'm like, oh, boy, this, this is going to be a top news story if this is the case. Uh, and it was. So he plays in the game. Not only does he play in it, he plays in a game-high 22 minutes and 45 seconds. So that's the high for both teams. Uh, and after the game, uh, well, let's let's read his quote first. And and I know there's a lot to process here. I'm not going to read through all this because um, I know you guys are going to have comments for this. But I'll just go ahead and read the quotes from Provorov and his head coach. Provorov said, quote, I respect everybody and respect everybody's choices. My choice is to stay true to myself and my religion. Uh, so he was uh, basically quoting that, uh, saying that, his religious beliefs uh, do not allow him to participate in Pride Night. John Tortorella added, uh, quote, he's being true to himself and his religion. This has to do with his beliefs and his religion. It's one thing I respect about him. He's always true to himself. Uh, and you know, quote. Tortorella also said that <clears throat> he didn't consider benching Provorov over this decision, right? So, which is an interesting change of pace from Tortorella. When he said it was a few years ago that he'd bench anyone who kneeled during the anthem, so isn't isn't wouldn't kneeling uh, be being true to yourself as well? I mean, what's the where what's the difference here? And that's again not to get too much into the weeds with awful, just awful Twitter conversations I've had over the past twenty four oh hours. Me too. Um, yeah. 
But one of the things that I said was, um, you know, basically it's it's okay to some people, it's okay to cite religious beliefs and say, basically, I don't want to participate in anything that has to do with the LGBTQ community. But it is not okay to uh, protest um, discrimination, bigotry, uh, police brutality against a certain race, um, certain skin color, skin skin tone. That's not okay. Um, I don't understand that. And people were calling me a hypocrite. And I'm like, how am I being a hypocrite? Like, if if you're going to support him doing that, then how are you against somebody who's doing the exact same thing? It, and it, obviously, it's 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 it. Okay, it's not exact, but it doesn't make sense to me that you can support one and not the other. You're being uh, well, according to Tortorella, you're being true to yourself. Narrative. You're being true to yourself right. either way, you know. And yeah. and uh, Tortorella's son, I believe, is in the military. So you know, uh, it, it with Tortorella personally, it could be something where if you don't, you know, if you if you kneel during the anthem, you're disrespecting the flag. Which I disagree with that whole narrative, but that's neither here nor there. Um, that may be his take on it. So maybe that's where he stands there. But you know, in this case, in this case in particular, um, I bet Tortorella is ambivalent. He doesn't care, uh, and he's like, well, he can do what he wants to do. As long as it's not, you know, disrespecting the flag, you know, I'm sure you can just can do it. Can you imagine? And I know this has been kind of talked about. No, I don't, I'm not talking about. Um, I'm not talking about military appreciation. I'm talking about police appreciation. We've seen police appreciation in in like, especially like New York, Philadelphia. I've seen them like come out with like, again, New York come out with like NYPD jerseys before for warmups. Can you imagine if a player sat back and said? No, I'm sorry. Ooh. I can't support that. Imagine he, the backlash he'd get for that. Yeah. But somehow this is totally different. You're being, well, he's being true to himself, Jeff. It's okay. Right. He's being yeah. true to himself. But if you're doing what, it for whatever another the fuck cause, that means. it's not being true to yourself, right? If you're whatever doing that... it for to, to protest police brutality, you're not being true to yourself. You're being un-American. Everybody has an agenda. And when somebody acts uh, in uh, in agreement with their agenda, they back it. They don't care if they're hypocrites. Okay, it just you know they'll make excuses. I I, I don't um, I don't know. To me, you know what? Okay, uh, and I'm not even so much mad. I'm not mad about this at all. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed in uh, in Provorov. You know, but whatever. He's got his own views. Whatever. I'm disappointed in uh, Tortorella for like, I mean, if you say one thing, you know, back it up. Don't, don't, don't hem and haw. Um, I don't know. I, nobody was asking Provorov to stick his tongue down a guy's throat. You know, they were asking him to wear a Jersey that symbolizes inclusion. Hockey is for everyone in the NHL. It's an NHL initiative that this is that they're doing. So, okay, so Provorov's religion says, you know, no LGBTQ, you know, you're not, you know, I'm not sure exactly how detailed and fine-grained that gets as far as what you can and can't do. Like, you can't, you can't wear a jersey that 
basically says, um, I feel that the that everyone should should be welcome uh, at hockey games, should be welcome to play hockey, um, should not uh, be uh, criticized or discriminated against um, at all. Um, that doesn't you can you can say that, and you can also still be against that lifestyle because their lifestyle really has nothing to do with the fact that they may want to play hockey or enjoy hockey or be welcome at hockey events. You know what I mean? So I don't understand, you know, you can, you can welcome somebody to an event and, but you can also just disagree with the lifestyle too. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand just because they happen to be gay, why you can't support the league initiative that welcomes them to play hockey as people. Right. And that's my point too, is, is that this is, this is, this is hiding behind your religious beliefs to me. I'm sorry. I, I when I call, when I call Provorov a bigot and I don't just come out and call people names like this and I don't care who hears it. He's a bigot. Uh, you're hiding behind your religious beliefs because you don't want to partake in something because you don't agree with the lifestyle, even though to me, this is not a lifestyle. This is how you are born, who you are. It's no different than somebody being Russian and somebody being from England. It's 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 your, the way you're born. And to and and I want to quote here our friend um, Doctor F one one seven Nighthawk. We've mentioned her on the show. She's been in the comments before here. She uh, she had a great tweet that I just loved when I saw it. I thought it, it said it perfectly. Uh, if your religious beliefs say others don't deserve the same rights you have, your beliefs are the problem. Stop using religion as a weapon towards others and a shield for yourself. It's disgusting, and I don't respect you. And I'm sorry, I feel the exact same way. To say that your religious beliefs don't allow you to, partic- to participate in something that it, it that, that just screams ex- uh, inclusion to a group of people— then you're the problem. Your religion is the problem. It's not. It's not the other people that are the problem. And I'll let you, know, you guys talk. I've got other well, thoughts on it, but I'll wait. Well, I just wanted to say that it, it, it to me that uh, should bigotry be condemned. Right. I mean, and and he he's being a bigot. I mean, the definition of the word he that is it. Um, and, and I agree with you, Jeff, that, that he's using his religion to hide behind, uh, to, 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 he's using his religion to, uh, advance his bigotry or, or to let it, let it shine, if you will. But, uh, be, and his, he is Russian Orthodox, right? So that's his religion. And his religion also says it prohibits, uh, premarital sex. He has a girlfriend. They live together. You can draw your own conclusions, okay? They're both adults. They live together. Um, so he's kind of picking and choosing. So by him, you know, he, he, if he's going to stand by this and say, my religion says I can't wear this jersey, you know, basically saying, oh, if, if my religion said it was okay, I, I'd, be, I'd wear it. But your religion also says you shouldn't, you know, have premarital sex, but you live with your girlfriend. And so I'm, I'm assuming that's going on. So assuming that is... Um, Allegedly. You know, what's the difference? Allegedly, right. Allegedly. 
I, I am drawing conclusions based on a uh, rational uh, scenario. But so, yeah, to pick and choose. Wait, are you? What I was your religion, say you're telling. You're telling me that people are picking and choosing parts of the religion that they want to practice and parts they don't? It's to fit to, to that fit, never happens. To fit their narrative to allow their prejudices uh to be, you know, uh, shown. And and I think then that's a shame. I, I'm not, you know, and I don't and again I and again, I don't hate Provrov for feeling this way um i'm just disappointed that i'm more disappointed i'm not i'm not angry i'm disappointed uh at that so i and i and i and i and I, i'm wondering what the harm would have been to have worn the jersey you know does your religion, religion say you can't even hold up a, a you know a, a pride flag or i mean no one's asking you to to be part of the LGBTQ community, <laughs> but you know that, and that's 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 a different case. And I think if just to be accepting of uh, inclusionary of of people is the whole goal. And I and uh, either you're either you're for inclusion or you aren't. And I think Pro Provov has, has come out as he's not for inclusion, and that irritates and upsets people uh because it's it's backwards thinking it's it's not progressive um and i think people calling him out on it um online um they're that's rightfully so i mean if you you uh it's not a freedom of speech issue you know he's not going to jail over this he wasn't arrested um his freedom of speech has not been infringed he can say whatever he wants he can do whatever he wants um but it, but his freedom of speech does not mean freedom from uh, repercussions of what he does. He can, you know, he's, he can face backlash. He can face other, other things. He can get fired from his job. People can get fired from the jobs for saying all well, kinds of stuff. Well, I so. want to uh, address Hotard 12 comment here. He says, why in the Lord's name, does anyone's beliefs matter when it comes to sports? The public in general should care less about athletes, beliefs and political views and only care about the athletes talents. I get your point hundred percent. The problem is sports are bigger than that. Professional sports are simply just bigger than that. And the point that I was making to somebody else on Twitter right now uh, or earlier today was um, that the problem is the Flyers, the NHL, uh, but mostly the Flyers, by having a Pride Night, are sending a team message that we want everyone involved in hockey. Everybody. Hockey is literally for everyone if you have a disability, the color of your skin, what you believe in, it doesn't matter. Hockey is for you. And for one player to sit out and, and, and I saw other people saying like, well, what about the, uh, the 18 guys that did participate in this gate? That's great. Good for them. And I'm glad they did. But when you have one guy that's not in line with the rest of the team's message that completely eliminates the entire team's message. It, it's it's an inclusion message that is sent by the Philadelphia Flyers. If you have somebody in your team that's just, oh, okay, I don't believe in that, sorry, you might as well not send the message because it's not going to be construed the way that it should be. Yeah, it's it's not hockey is for everyone unless, you know, or except for, you know, it, it's it's hockey is for everyone, period. 
And, and, and that's and like the other said, point I made too, is that like, we always say hockey is the ultimate team sport, right? So if the entire team is not on board, then that's not the case. It's not a team sport. And, and, and again, I, and, and I think there's a number of, of, of parts of this that, that kind of irritate people. And part of it is the picking of choosing of, of his religion and using, and using a religion to uh, be bigoted. And, you know, if you believe bigotry should be condemned, then I don't think there's any question that Provorov has exhibited bigotry here. Um, so if you believe that bigotry should be condemned, then you should understand why people are being critical of him. Because that, that, that's bigotry isn't, it's not a, it's not something that, it's interesting, I, I, you know, there's a lot of them. A lot of people are saying, let him do what he wants. Who cares? You know, let him do what he wants. Um, who cares what he thinks or does? And, you know, part of me is like, part of me wants to feel that way. I would I would love to feel, you know, oh, who cares what someone does? But I think I think the problem with that attitude is if, it, if it too many people have that attitude, then that's when things can go wrong. Uh, you know, uh, human rights uh, aren't distributed evenly. People lose momentum when they, when they want, uh, they're fighting for rights. Like the LGBT community uh, is constantly having to do, you know, if they don't get people on board, they're going to, they're, they're not going to, you know, be treated as equal citizens. Um, it's hard enough for them already as it is. So, um, and I think just ignoring it is, is sticking your head in the sand. Um you know, I don't, I'm not really on board with that because I think that's, that sends the wrong message to people who are, are uh, bigoted, but. Uh, Bill, we've talked a lot. You have anything to add? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, um, I, 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 I agree completely, right. That this, that it's supposed to be about inclusion. And, you know, it's, it's difficult for any organization, right, to, to, you know, require inclusivity, right? That's what, you know, most major corporations are, are pushing, at least publicly traded ones are pushing towards. And, you know, I, I, I'm on the side of it. I, I think that that is the way to go. Why, why do you want to you know, why would you want to alienate anyone, right? As a business, right? You, you want everybody to, to be involved. Um, but you know, the thing, the worst part, and you guys, you guys have made all the good points here tonight. And, you know, the, the worst part about it to me is, you know, the, the point that, you know, Dr. Nighthawk brought up hiding behind religion. When, when you use religion, especially Christianity, which is supposed to be based on love, right? When you use it to be intolerant, it's, it's lost its meaning. And you're just hiding behind it, and I, you know that—that's ridiculous to me. I—I I, I can never support that. God damn it, Hotard, who's a friend of mine, and I love you no matter what we agree or disagree on. You just brought up my next point. 
I thought this was a hockey podcast. I'm not going to walk down the political sidewalk. Well, this a, is not politics. This is a hockey. I'm sorry. This I mean, is this is being a good human being and being tolerant of other people's views. The 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 talk of and again the the the, the stuff that I heard on Twitter today was teams need to stay out of politics and stick to hockey. This is not politics. I don't care what your governing body is telling you. This is not politics. This is being a good fellow man. This has nothing to do with what a Republican or a Democrat tells you. This is love thy neighbor is what this is. Like love thy neighbor is what trumps everything in the Bible. If you read the Bible, that's what it tells you. And it's true. And for us to to be so, and I'm not saying, Hotard, I, I don't, I, I know you're a great man. I'm not saying anything bad about you. But the people I talked to on Twitter today, unbelievable, the stuff that I read. Like, this, I don't care that, you know, somebody is going to tell me that, oh, well, this is political. I don't know why hockey organizations are getting involved. It's not. This is being a tolerant human being and being somebody who is just accepting of other cultures. And that's not what we saw last night with Provorov. The, this... I mean, this isn't just a random uh, incident that we're talking about. This this was an NHL incident, so it is a hockey event that happened, and the hockey world is talking about it. Yes. So, I mean, in the hockey podcast, I mean, we're and it is at the end of the show. So, you know, for those <laughs> who for those who don't want to uh, are uncomfortable, then they, they don't you know they can they can turn it off, but. I'm sure um, there's some podcast listeners that have already turned us off at this. Yeah. Point. And you know, well, and okay. So we mentioned Dr. Nighthawk's um, tweet. There was a response to that from uh, champs, Joel at Joel James 15. He said uh, the Eastern Orthodox Russian, Russian church isn't even looked at as a true religion. It's more of a socio-political organization. Not very many associate with it anymore. It's a big part of why my family had to move out of the Ukraine due to their violence uh, for him to mention it is wild. So based on that insight from somebody who saw the religion close up in the Ukraine, um, I guess we can go down the rabbit hole. Is it what constitutes a religion, you know, to, uh, to be able to say that my religion says this or that, and I don't want to do this or that based on that. So um, again, that's based on one person, what they're saying. So I don't know if that's true or not, but Right. None of us know a damn thing about the the Russian Orthodox Church, no. right? We, I think we're all very familiar with the basic tenets of Christianity. And, you know, it, it, it pains me, you know, <laughs> to, when people take the message and bend it towards intolerance. That's, cannot tolerate that. I'm intolerant of intolerance, damn it. Which reminds me, me which 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 I had a I <laughs> I had a conversation um, on Twitter. A guy told me that uh, because I'm not accepting of bigots, that makes me a bigot. And I was like, that's <laughs> not how it works. I you know I'm not racist because I despise racism either. You know it's the same thing. And that 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 made me laugh. I was like, and he was serious. I was like, oh, come on, dude. I, sometimes people are reaching, but, 
I, I will, I will say I was very happy. I was able to pull out an Inigo Montoya quote on somebody <laughs> today uh, because he kept calling me a hypocrite on, you know, again, the, the kneeling versus the Provorov situation. And I kept telling it, like explaining like how this is not hypocritical, that this is just, again, it's being tolerant of other people's cultures and, and who they are. And he called me a hypocrite again. And I said, there you go. Using that word. There, there you go using that word again. I don't believe it means what you what you think it means. <laughs> uh, Hotar twelve also said. Uh, so if your employer tells you that we are making you go nude on Fridays because we want everyone to feel welcome, we'd support that. I think that's a pretty extreme example. Yeah. That's not realistic. I think that's a better example. Thing. A better example would be uh, your employer has a dress code, and you have to wear this particular shirt with these particular pants. And if you show up to work and you say, I'm not going to wear that, it's against my religion to wear that color or whatever, then you, you might get fired um, or, you know, or whatever. Uh, maybe they accommodate you. Maybe they don't. My full-time gig recently within the last year uh, did say that within our email address and in our uh, instant messenger we use uh, to include our pronouns. And I, without even thinking, I'm like, okay, he, him. Sure, no problem. And I wait. You're, don't you're he say, I am. Is really? that shocking? <laughs> that shocks um, Oh, Matt Harris might just. He might have just won. Let's go the show. nudes radio. Nice. Let's go nudes radio. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not mad about any of this. I think it's interesting. I'm well, disappointed in some let people. Me, let me. Okay, go, let me sorry, finish sorry, my thought. Yeah. That's all right. So. I just, Matt, you interrupted us um, <laughs> with a great comment. Um, no, so I told a family member about what they said, and she's like, holy shit, I would not have done that. And I'm like, why? And she's like, I just, it goes against any of your beliefs, right? And I go, why? It's not a big deal. Like, yeah, I'm he, him. I don't care. Like, whoever needs that clarification, they have it. Well, that's ridiculous. You shouldn't have to do that. It's a company policy. It's not a big deal. Like, that's what I like. Not telling me to go nude. That's not going to happen. Asking me to do something like that? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought yours was they, them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, people came at me uh, on Twitter for, you know, uh, and Ben Hockman had to deal with some shit today. He uh, he he called Provorov a jerk, um, <laughs> and uh, for what he did, and uh, people came out of the woodwork for, against him. But uh, people kind of came at me, kind of harsh, and and you know, like uh, you know, call me names and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not angry at anything. I, I'm I'm disappointed in in how things turned out. I don't think I, I wish it had turned up differently. Um, but I'm just, I mean, it's an interesting discussion for me. And I, I, I disagree with how some things were handled, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not mad at anybody. I think that that's, that's kind of a weird, you know, I'm not, I'm not part of the LGBTQ community, so I don't, I do support them, but I'm not one of them, but I just, you know, I could see where that would upset, you know, someone in that position because, you know, they're, they're fighting for, you know, inclusion. You know, all over the place, and when someone prominent, you know, disses that, it it hurts the cause. So I can see, you know, where there would be some people that are upset over that. And also, 
Uh, we didn't mention about the contract, did we? It's in his contract. No, he's. It's in a standard player contract. He's he's supposed to participate in. And how's it worded here? It's worded uh, to cooperate with the club and participate in any and all reasonable promotional activities of the club, which will, in the opinion of the club, promote the welfare of the club and to cooperate in the promotion of the league and professional hockey generally. So, um, unless you consider um, wearing a pride jersey in the warm up unreasonable. Um, right. But you know, and, and that's that's I, where the gray area comes in, right? Right. It, it, that's exactly it. Right? Well, that's why and it's worded Ken, that way too. Right. And Ken Ken brought up, and you know, I I didn't uh, I didn't get into this until way too late, and you know, in the discussions about what we're talking about tonight, uh, to you know, to really read up on it. But Ken brought up that um, the the Flyers consulted attorneys to find out could they keep him out of the game, and it was decided they couldn't. And I'm betting you know based on you know that part of the clause reasonable right right he can say it's not reasonable to me because of my religion and again yeah hiding behind the religion not a great look but it's it's one of those things that you know in a court of law it would probably stand up so i have a question for hotard since he's he's passionate about this um I mentioned before in the show, uh, a little bit earlier, uh, you know, to you, do you think bigotry should be condemned? And that's, that's it. There's nothing else to it. Uh, yes or no. Um, I just want to add that, and this is my last real comment on, on all this is I'm with you, Kurt. I'm not, I wasn't mad. I, I, I don't even want to say I was disappointed. I, I just, I just kind of figure that this is going to happen at least once a season with some teams, with some players. It's going to happen. I'm just kind of, I guess, kind of numb to this at this point. What bothers me, and and again, I'm not, if you voted for Trump, fine. But like when Trump won and all of a sudden there was a shit ton of bigger, bigotry in the world that, that just came out of the woodwork. That is that is what drove me nuts in 2016. That especially for like the first couple months, these people who are just giant bigots, all of a sudden were just, I'm on social media, I'm going to go on the news, I'm going to tell people how I feel, and it's just like, I'm sorry, you're living in the past, you're not living in now, and it even these little situations clearly it's it's a little pocket compared to something like that, but. In this kind of situation, it's it it just it brings these people out to just oh well, basically this guy came out as a bigot, so now I can go on social media and say whatever the hell I want, and that is what upsets me because you know you think about it, us where we live, the people we associate with, you know, good people, um, it, and just you know great areas we live in. You, you live it, you get to use to your own bubble where it's like, I can say what I want, do what I want. I can talk to these reasonable people and they're going to say, yeah, you know, uh, I condemn anybody who is a bigot and against, you know, uh, uh, people kneeling, not even kneeling. That's not even the, the, the whole point, but condemn people who would go against an LGBTQ community member. But when this kind of thing happens, 
you start seeing it. It, it. It's like a chain reaction of people just shooting out their mouths and just saying whatever the hell they want at any time to anyone they want. You know, you see these stories written about it, and the comments are just filled with these bigoted, big, huge bigots. That's what upsets me, is that I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I forget that this still is a huge problem in this world. And it, it yes, I'm glad it's coming to light that we're seeing it. But at the same time, it's upsetting to, to fully see it and understand that this is still a massive problem that we have to deal with nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I, we didn't get a response from Hotard about that. Maybe he's, he's maybe he turned us off. <laughs> so but, he, uh, he might've, might've been pissed enough to turn us off. I, you know, but well, <laughs> and, and, and I, I feel that, uh, you know, bigotry should be condemned. And because if you don't condemn the evils in the world, um, it's just going to grow and people are going to accept it uh, and think it's acceptable. Uh, and I don't, that's not progressive. That's regressive and uh, uh, detrimental to certain groups and a lot of society. So I don't, I don't, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I will condemn bigotry um, when I see it. And this fits the definition of it. Um, I guess to Provorov's credit, he handled this. If you're going to be a bigot, he handled it about as well as he could, I guess. He was very polite about it. <laughs> uh, he just said it was against his religion. And he, was, he wasn't going to participate, and that's all he's going to say about it. And so he probably did best not to say anymore, to tell you the truth. It would have been worse. Uh, actually, he says he's working on typing his response right now. He just texted me. So Okay. It's long. It was a yes or no question. Yeah. It was a yes he's or no question. He's ready for you, Kurt. He's a, okay. he's a battler. I love, I love well, Modi. He's a, he's a no. battler. And I'm and like I said, I'm not I'm not looking to get into some kind of huge debate. I'm just asking a question. And I it was yes or no, you know. Do you think bigotry should be? There's no there's no long exclamation to that. It's a yes or no question. There's no middle ground with uh, that question. Oh, I, I just I think he wants to clarify what he's gonna say. I don't okay. blame him. He's gonna say um, yes, but but right, and then the reason why. Something like that. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, well, uh, while we await that, uh, anything else on this topic you guys want to discuss? <clears throat> no, I've said my piece. Yeah. I, I think we've covered this uh, very well. Um, and I I don't know if you guys saw what, what I popped in. I mentioned it earlier. Um, I think before we wrap tonight, we, we uh, need to uh, raise a glass to Gino Ojic. Um, passed away. Oh yeah, week. yeah, yeah. We'll we'll discuss. So, Don't worry. Yeah, That's let's coming. get to that. Yep. While we, uh, well, while we first, wait for War and Peace. First, I... Greg Hotar. <laughs> War, Peace, and Zombies. Right. Yes. You guys know about that? Yeah that 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 one blew my that as an English major that blew my mind. That came out I believe when I was in college. I'm like they literally just rewrote that to have zombies in it. Okay. Because um, it needed to be longer. Right. Yes, exactly. Have you seen? Have you guys seen any um, any journalists or or uh, people that uh, spoke out um, in support of Provorov? I've seen a lot of things said by the hockey insiders and the hockey uh, talking heads, if you will, uh, uh, condemning uh, his action, his act. 
but uh i haven't really seen any uh uh of the of the you know the talking heads uh support no but him. i'll say that that my timeline is pretty i guess succinct that i have pretty much muted a lot of accounts that might say right. that right you 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 have a good media bias in your in your timeline <laughs> yes. i mean i yes. i know i know there are a lot of people uh just regular users that you know uh are, are outspoken against the journalists they're 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 disagree um oh so Hotard says uh, i'm still at work can't continuously comment oh yeah I, I know he's got a very demanding job so thank you for Participating Hotard. Uh, but to Kurt, he says, I don't feel anyone should be condemned. We are the land of the free, and it's unfortunate that we have both ends of the spectrum. Okay. I think is what he meant. Okay. I mean, yeah. but racism. That has, no. But racism should be condemned. I mean, at least Nazis. That. Nazis. Nazis. I mean, you got to condemn something. You got to condemn something. I mean, we, we, we got to find some common ground somewhere. I think only Nazis would say that Nazis should not be condemned. I mean, Nazis and, uh, you know, racism and uh, hatred, it's a pure, utter <laughs> hatred of just whoever was, you got to condemn somebody. I mean, come on. This is America. We condemn people all the time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn Salem witches. Um, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think bigotry is healthy at all. And I think that's a, that's a, you know, at least friendly, friendly condemning, you know, you, oh, well, you might want to reassess your views, <laughs> you know, why don't we circle nice. back on that? It sounds like you're saying like, it's a work conversation. Something we should nice circle back on that. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's circle back. back on your bigotry. Yeah. yeah. When you, when <laughs> you have, let's when touch you have base. time. Yeah. We'll touch base later. <laughs> when you have we'll time touch base you, next week, you let me know what's good for you and I'll work, I'll, I'll work it out my schedule. <laughs> oh, it says fuck white people. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm with you, actually. <laughs> I uh, you know, there, I mean, the, lately, yeah, I, I would not be. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to blanket statement this too much, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, uh, unless we have more comments that come in, I think we can wrap up this discussion. A um, couple more notes we want to get to before we close up. Joel Hofer and Matthew Highmore were selected as AHL All Stars. Hofer uh, is a name that we've talked about in recent weeks a lot. Um, he has 11 wins in 23 games with the AHL Thunderbirds. Uh, he's top seven in both GAA at 241 and save percentage at 921. Uh, he has won seven of his last 10 starts in the NHL. Uh, I'm sorry, in the uh, AHL. And uh, Matthew Highmore, uh, who was a uh, guy that was just signed this last year and made it pretty far in camp with the Blues, uh, seemed like a guy they might call up at some point. Uh, I know he's 26 years old. Uh, but he has uh, played a little bit in the NHL in 137 games uh, for Chicago and Vancouver in the past. But he leads the Thunderbirds this year with 31 points, uh, 24 assists, shares number eight in uh, number eight in the AHL. Um, again, this past summer, he signed a one-year two-way deal. Uh, he has three power play goals and 18 penalty minutes. This is his second trip to the AHL All-Star Weekend. He was selected as a rookie playing for the uh, Rockford Ice Hogs uh, a couple years ago. Um, it, Hofer really was not a surprise to me. Highmore is having a great season. And I remember seeing um, uh, fans from Vancouver and Chicago uh, commenting when the Blues made this signing that that's a kid to look out for. Uh, I say kid, he's 26, but 
Uh, he's a guy that could step in as a third, fourth line guy. Uh, I saw some comparisons to kind of a Nathan Walker type uh, in the sense that um, he's a, an AHL scorer, but he's a good bottom six guy in the NHL if you can plug him in. So again, in 137 NHL games, Chicago and Vancouver, 12 goals and 15 assists for 27 career points. So congratulations to Joel Hofer and Matthew Highmore. Hotard uh, echoes what we mentioned, uh, what, past couple weeks or so at least. Um, future backup goalie, Joel Hofer for the Blues. Yep. Next year. Next season. I think next it's season. definitely next season. Yeah. Unless somebody wants to give us a third-round pick for uh, Grice at the deadline. We'll yeah, see. Was, <laughs> there's a tweet I saw earlier. Um when in Milwaukee made 52 of 54 saves over a couple of games against them. That's pretty damn good. Uh-huh. That's Ron Tugnut area. Ron Tugnut. Mm, UC Soros two weeks ago. Yeah. Tugnut made 70. in the seventies. Yeah. 72 yeah. out of 73, against, something like that. Yeah. Against Ooh. the Bruins. That was nuts. Nuts. What's I say. Bet- What's a better name, Tug Ron Tugnut or Kerry Taco? Tugnut. Got to be Tugnut, right? You mean Tugnut? What do you think? Oh. I, Bill, you're going to go Taco, aren't you? Um, um, I love tacos. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kurt loves Tugnuts. <laughs> Tugnuts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as a kid, you know, seeing Tugnut in the box score, that just made me chuckle. I always liked uh, Darcy Wakaluk. Wakaluk. I always thought that yeah. was a yes. great name. You know Brett Hull's quote uh, with the was it Wakaluk? Was Wakaluk, wasn't it? Yeah. Wakaluk, Wakaluk was hacking and whacking Hall, and uh, after the game they asked him about it. Uh, Hull was standing in front of the goal, and Hall goes, "Yeah, I don't, I don't know who he thinks he is, Patrick Wah or something." <laughs> um, didn't those two weren't they paired together for a little bit in Dallas? Wakaluk and Tugnut. Am I mixing eras? <laughs> They you're, may you're, have been. You're, you're going down the rabbit hole there. Down the yeah, I really am. Opening the vault. <laughs> that's uh, that's me reaching into my Fleer hockey card uh, <laughs> memories. Opeachy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then, as Bill had just mentioned, unfortunately, there is a death in the hockey family. Uh, Gino Ojic, uh, the Vancouver Canucks tough guy. Um, that was we. I mean, if you're our age, you know this name a tough, tough competitor to play against um, and uh, played 12 seasons in the NHL for the Canucks, Islanders, Flyers, and Canadians. But again, mostly Canucks uh, died at the age of, was it 52? Yes. 52. 52. And um, uh, did you guys, you guys uh, offhand, do you know his first name, his actual first name? It's not Gino. It is not Gino. Bill, I, I I do not. Uh, it is Wayne. 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 You gotta. I I want to ask, uh, Jared Keese, if that had anything to do with his character's name. Wayne. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think of when I think of Ojek? Uh, when uh, with Vancouver and the Blues, he wanted to mm-hmm. fight the entire bench. Yeah. It was the, mm-hmm. in the uh, it was in the uh, uh, Keenan era with the clown jerseys, the blues head on, and yeah. uh, uh, Glenn Anderson was on the ice. He wanted to fight Anderson. Anderson skates away backwards, and yeah. uh, he he had his jersey ripped off. He's just bare chested, you know, bare skin. 
his pads were off, and he skates over the bench and wants to challenge anybody on the bench. It was like he was on coke or something. He just wanted to fight everybody. Yeah. Well, it was it was uh, there's a video of it um, the the night of his passing. Some of the you know some of the great moments of his career, and that was the first thing that I saw. Yeah. And, and and it it opens with him literally just beating the ever living shit out of Adam Creighton in a clown jersey, and it was like. I, I I could get that with this. Yeah, and, yeah. Hey, it, it all you guys it all think Geno's Anderson hitting uh, Kirk McClain? You think Geno saw red? Huh? Uh, Clown jersey. Uh, get it? Bad. Get it? Oh, get it? Bad. <laughs> bad. Uh, fuck you, Clown jerseys. Um, no, Geno Ojik. Um, a guy again. He was one of those guys that when they played against him, I hated him. But he played the style that I loved as a defenseman. So anytime there'd be the, the Canucks would be on ESPN or, or whatever. Anytime I could catch a, catch a Canucks game when he was playing, I'm like, Oh, that dude's a badass. Like I want to play like him. That dude is so awesome. And I just, I really appreciated his game. So it was really, uh, really disheartening to see him go. And um, I know Canucks fans uh, remember him very fondly. Yeah. Um, so, Hey, drink you guys have oh. a drink left. Here's the Gino. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, whoa, that is a giant. Is that all tea? <laughs> no, no, this is water. Don't t- don't. I was gonna say water. if I if this were full of tea, I drank it all. I'd have like instant kidney stones. Yeah. <laughs> kidney stones. Kidney stones. <laughs> kidney stones. Or kidney stones. It's <laughs> a good episode. It's yeah. a great episode. <laughs> Yeah, last thought uh, on well, the Gino Adric thing. Um, look up his penalty shot on Mike Vernon. It's it's a thing of beauty. Huh, really? Gino Adric got a penalty shot and scored on Mike Vernon. It's, yeah. Moment, moment of greatness from him. Might, uh, you know what? Maybe uh, if I remember, if I had, uh, Kurt, if you or I uh, remember to, whichever one of us edits the show, maybe we'll throw that in there at the end. Uh, the, the, uh, audio of his penalty shot. <laughs> All right. I'm going to write that note down in case. I don't know if you're editing or if I will, but I'm going to oh. write that down now. We can all agree I'm not editing. Yeah. Again, there's going to be one day we're going to make you do all of this. It's like, yeah, uh, Bill's takeover. Yeah. Kill, <laughs> Kurt and I are just going to do what Bill does, and we'll just show up at 915 ready to talk. Yeah. Just talk <laughs> hockey and, uh, yeah, w- wipe your hands of it. And then we'll say, hey, good luck editing tomorrow, Bill. <laughs> Editing's fun. I like editing. I actually do, too. It's it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's it's fun to make us sound good because, you know, right. we don't sound good normally. No, no. You got to, like, do all kinds of doctoring to it, the voices. Right. Yeah. The, for Again, we made this joke before, but if you listen to the podcast, it is nothing like this show. It's way different. Yeah, there's no visuals. Well, yeah, but I was making a joke that it's like a, it's literally a completely different show. I just grab audio from like I don't know. Um, uh, I can't think of the guy that does the Shorzy and Letterkenny Jay Onright. Yeah, I just yeah. I just pull audio from Jay Onright and put that on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> which hey, big news! That's uh, kind of relevant to our show. Shorzy season two was announced yeah, this week. It got picked up. I haven't even watched very. season one yet. Mm. Oh, it's good. It I've is, heard. I know. I know. It, it is very short. Hey, oh, there's the Dexter cameo. There he is. 
All right. There you go. Well, anything else tonight, boys? Done. Done. Done like dinner. Dun, dun, dun. All right. Well, I am trying to... Kurt, I don't know how you do this every week. <laughs> lots, lots of practice. Yes, yes. Uh, so it's, it's, It sucks when you get behind. And you're like, oh yep. boy, I'm not even where I'm supposed to be, and I got this like <laughs> dead air. Yeah, because I'm yeah, I'm trying to run everything. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's like, oh shit, yeah, I'm doing all the closing stuff. So let me uh, get on that. Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com and get 10% off by emailing Dustin at rockinthatidlife at gmail.com and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Mike Burgoyne from Real Brokerage Realty. Visit strikewithmike.com today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's strikewithmike.com and by Sunrise Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. That's Sunrise Brewery beer. Please drink responsibly. That will wrap up episode 17 of season 11 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those that participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Kurt Price and Bill Day, I'm Jeff Ponder. Until next time, everyone, beat the damn Predators. Let's go Blues. Be inclusive, be kind, be better. Let's go Blues. Only be intolerant of intolerance. Let's go Blues. And be intolerant of the Predators. Let's go Blues. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.